Hello, everybody, and welcome to a side quest with the Devonthal Bros. I've got Willem, Zach, and Eli here today, aka the Delve Bros, and their game, Tailmore. So let's get started with a little game. Uh, to introduce them, I'm going to play a game with you guys called Who Are You and Why Should I Care? <laughs> All right. And it's a very simple game. I'm going to ask each of you, who are you and why should anybody care? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start with Willem. Or do you right. prefer Will? I go by Willem. Willem. Excellent. I love it. All right, Willem. Who are you and why should we care? Uh, well, my name is uh, Willem. And let's see. Um, yeah, so I guess my whole thing is that I uh, do serial entrepreneurship in the conscious games space. So I like using games in weird, funky ways uh, from literally video games for cats that teach you more about them to uh, <laughs> to gamifying my own uh, game design students to help them learn better. Um, and uh, yeah, I am now the youngest of the three bros that makes up the Delve Bros. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. All right, let's hear from uh, Eli. Who are you and why should we care? Uh, obviously, I'm Eli. Excellent. I have worked professionally in video games for, I don't know, like 13 years, something like that. Nice. Um, and I last year decided that I wanted to finally take a stab at full time trying to make our own games. Um, and we tried a bunch of different stuff out and ended up deciding. To make a board game of all things. Woohoo! Uh, and that's why we ended up making a board game that's kind of a combination. We'll talk about it in a second, I'm sure. A combination oh, yeah. of a board game, video game. Awesome. I can't wait to talk about that part. But before we get there, of course, I want to hear from the third bro, which is Zach. Who are you and why should we care? Uh, yeah, well, I'm Zach and uh, I'm just some guy, you know, living my life. <laughs> you probably don't care. But uh, but you might like my game though, Tailmore. I think it's pretty excellent. Uh, you yeah. should check it out. Oh, we're definitely gonna check that out. Um, so the game you said is Tailmore. Can you tell us a little bit about it? From what I understand, from what you just said, it is a digital and physical game. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I think of it a lot like if you played a text adventure or like an old school computer oh. RPG. But it like Zork or whatever it's called. Or... Yeah, yeah. But it like climbs out of your phone and <laughs> and lives on the tabletop. And it's co-op and you play with a bunch of your friends. So it it's got this great exploration element, this great sort of experimentation. Every piece has a QR code. Um, you can like shove them together, you know, lock pick the door, you can search the room, all that good stuff, and uh and see what's going on in any one of our scenarios. So you're like open the door and then you scan the QR code and does it like roll dice for you to see how successful you were or is it just already randomized or how does that work? Yeah, yeah. the app handles all of the bookkeeping and stuff for the most there are a few random elements, but for the most part, we wanted to keep the mechanics simple. Um, so there isn't too much dice rolling, but anything like that is handled by the app. Um, so you would, for example, um, you might inspect a door and it might tell you that there's a room beyond it. It'll tell you which room tile to grab and put on the desk. Um, and maybe there's like a monster in there or something and you can go barging in and fight them, or you can maybe try and path, find a path around or whatever you and your party wants to do. And all those choices kind of like pop up on the screen for you or whatever. 
Uh, no, actually. I mean, it's the pieces are there on the table. So the choice, it's up to you. You have all the oh. pieces and you can do whatever you want with them. So there's no like, there's no explicit option tree or something. It's sort of up to you to experiment and try things out, figure out what's going to work. Yeah. One of our design mechanisms or design decisions that we uh, approached this game with was, uh, you know, there needed to be enough options. So enough things with QR codes on them that you lose track of how many options there actually are. <laughs> and <But laughs> you cool. feel like you could do anything. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, so like there, they, it can run solo then it can have like, mm -hmm. you can almost use these pieces separately to have a GM kind of like running this like free form. Like how, how open could this be? You could if you wanted. <laughs> I mean, so the the actual prompt uh, is that this this app acts as your GM or DM, um, your mm -hmm. dungeon master. So the app is revealing the story, which um, allows for a, a fairly unique, a couple of fairly unique mechanics. But one of the big ones is that you absolutely don't know what's coming. Um, so if you've played Gloomhaven, for instance, or any other mm -hmm. sort of dungeon delvers, uh, you know, you you get the map ahead of time. You set up the map, and you might not know what's in those rooms, but you still know the map. Um, and in this case, you start in a single room and you got no idea what's going on because the app does it for you. That is really cool. So everybody can have a little bit of a surprise during this. That's great. Yeah. Makes exactly. that up easy, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true, too. Oh, that's one of the greatest things, actually, about the online game like revolution now is that mm. all these games you love playing before are going digital and they'll do the setup and cleanup for you, which is, of course, as my people will tell you, cleanup is the absolute worst part of a game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, set up too though. You can waste a half an hour setting a game up, but if you just click one button, boom, game's ready to go. That'll that can easily get your friends more involved in that. We can't promise that cleanup is uh that much faster. Uh, <laughs> that's true. You do have a lot of physical components floating around. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's faster than like a gloomhaven for sure, but it, it okay. certainly still takes you a little time. <laughs> so <laughs> the QR codes, are they numbered? Are they named? Like how do they actually look uh, when you're looking at them? They have um, unique IDs, like two-letter okay. character codes. So, like, it might be, like, J8 or something on them. Right. Um, we get a lot of jokes about the JZ one. Uh, <laughs> and, but basically, you can just scan the QR code, and you don't have to worry about the ID. But if you have um, some kind of issue scanning, or even if you're just sitting in a chair that's far from the pieces and you're lazy, mm -hmm. you can just type the two letters <laughs> in, and it will uh, work just as well. Wow. So playing from across couches instead of around the same table. <laughs> if you want. Just shout at each other from across the room. To be, to be honest, the main reason we added it is because QR codes are uh, a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, they, they, they really, it's a magical experience and most of the time it works fine, but we find that there are some phones that just refuse to cooperate and sometimes mm -hmm. uh, it's nice to just be able to punch some stuff in. And after playing some scan and play uh, games, we decided to not like stick to forcing the players to use the code and we wanted to build a system that was almost as streamlined which is our, our two-letter system yeah the best yeah. experience is definitely a good qr scan mm -hmm. but you, it's a real world interaction you can't always get a good qr scan so the second <laughs> yeah. best experience is just two characters <laughs> you pop in and don't worry about it so if yeah. you want to play your b game put in the two two-letter code there. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i thought qr codes were kind of dead for a while there for a few years mm -hmm. people weren't using them they didn't have the scanners and all of a sudden made a huge resurgence and now they're all over the place mm -hmm. and they're not just for linking uh to websites apparently anymore um how does that interaction actually work though when you scan the qr code where is that information it so you have your device essentially mm -hmm. in the the app so you're in like 
whatever room you're in in the game, it'll tell you at the top and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It will have like a log of the messages you've seen, show the characters, all that. And there's actions that you can choose to do, whether it's to like investigate something or to use one item on another item or something. So you start by selecting one of those and then that pops up the scanner. And when you hold up whatever you want to scan to, it will show on the screen like you just scanned like the old man or something like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then once you decide to lock it in, you'll send it in and the scenario basically takes what you scanned and then decides essentially what to do based on that. And so you probably will see another message that will be like the old man has big warts on his nose and he's an ugly (laughs) dude, you know, or whatever it is. Oh, right. So I played a game called uh, Chronicles and Crime. Yeah. Yeah. So it has a kind of similar feel to that from what I'm hearing. Yes, definitely. Yeah, oh, that was actually the one of the original inspirations for our game. It, oh, that's yeah. amazing! Yeah, he literally. So this this whole thing was originally Eli's idea, and we've certainly all poured a decent amount of ourselves into it. Um, but yeah, at some point we were on the phone, and Eli goes, "What about like Chronicles of Crime, but a dungeon crawler?" <laughs> and, that's and very here we cool. are. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it, guys. I mean, Chronicles of Crime was one of our favorite games when we played it on the show. Yeah. So um, so I'm really looking forward to checking this out. Uh, so mm-hmm. we'll take a pause and talk about the game because I want to talk about something that you had on your website that said you guys were whimsical, unconventional, and joyous. <laughs> so I want to know which one of you is is related to each one of those things. Who's the most whimsical? Who's the most unconventional? Who's the most joyous out of you? Hmm. <laughs> I refer to my brothers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough, right? I got you on the spot with that one. <laughs> I didn't realize we were each going to get one. Uh, well, <laughs> congratulations. I kind of feel yeah. like I'm the grumpy old man in the corner. And okay. All right. maybe Willem is all three. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty reasonable. I mean, I'm, a, I'm imagining all three of you have your moments where you're each one of these things. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. but if I was to ask yeah. you which one of you is the, the least conventional or most unconventional, mm. who do you think that would be? Um... Eli. Mm. Eli. All right. Eli? Yeah. Do yeah. you agree with that, Eli? Sure. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Eli's whole thing. Eli's whole thing. Like, um, you know, not to bring up a sore subject, but oh, Destinies came do. out in subjects. June, right? Okay. And we, mm-hmm. we missed the Kickstarter in 2019. So the first mm-hmm. we heard about it was their big marketing push in June. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, my God, somebody else is doing a scan and play Dungeon Crawler. And, you know, oh. <laughs> we got over it pretty quickly. I think they're very different games. But mm-hmm. but Eli was the one who was, like, just crushed. Because, like, to him, <laughs> being innovative and being uh, unconventional. And once again, I want to emphasize, there are very different games. And I think there's room for mm-hmm. both of us. But, like, he wanted to be the first scan and play Dungeon Crawler so bad. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes <laughs> different people just have the same good idea at the same time. But, yeah. But no, that's, that's totally Eli's whole thing is is being unconventional, I think. Oh, yeah. that's very cool. I suppose that's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. See, we proved it right here on the air. I um I, I was designing a game um where you all play as the same person, but the decisions hmm. you make split you off into like different realities of you know who that person becomes. Oh, interesting. Eventually over time you die. I thought it was pretty interesting too. And I started a couple <laughs> of years ago and then it brought it up to my friends and like, oh yeah, like this other game. I'm like, oh, <laughs> crushed, you know. <laughs> but but I get it. There is there is room for for the similar ideas out there because yeah. the executions are so different. So I mean I think like one of the one of the realities is too um like nobody's nobody creates something entirely new 
You know, we mm -hmm. all stand on the shoulders of previous masters. Mm -hmm. And honestly, those those games and those products that do well are usually those ones that have one small modification, one small area where they are exciting and new and they aren't mm -hmm. completely reinventing the wheel because if you completely reinvent the wheel, no one knows what the hell it is. <laughs> exactly. You need a little bit of familiarity, actually, for people to really get into your game on a more right. broad, broad like pattern. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? They'll use some familiar mechanics, put yeah. something brand new into it, yeah. change up the theme. You know, like you've got your own game. That's all there is to it. Yeah. It's really more about the combination of parts. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So let's see what else we can talk about here with as far as the game is concerned. What do you think makes your game different than that other game you're talking about? Like, what is the big differentiating mm -hmm. factor? You think? Well, I think <laughs> one of the big things is, I mean, Destiny is just a, a very different focus. It's com competitive while we're cooperative. It's mm -hmm. got this sort of overarching uh, meta plot and all these different dice mechanics and stuff. And a lot of the board game pieces are more ornamental. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some interaction and obviously the app is used very heavily. Um, but it's just it's a very different focus on this sort of mechanics heavy, you know, somewhat competitive. Um, and then I don't know, it feels almost like the board game <laughs> is a companion to the app. Not the other mm -hmm. way around. Oh, that's um, pretty cool. And then, uh, and then with us, you know, we have this like. First of all, it's very it's co cooperative. It's very narrative heavy. Um, you know, oh, it's awesome. about exploring a scenario, and and we really try and background mechanics as much as possible. It's more of a a casual experience. Um, but there's also this like really tight uh, one to one coupling between like the app and the board game pieces, you know, every piece, except like your party marker, every piece has a QR code and you can pull it into the app by scanning it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So there's this constant like feedback loop back and forth between the board game pieces and the app. And you're never, there's nothing there that's just ornamental or just for show. Um, you are, it, it really feels like one, uh, one unified experience. Both are affecting the other. Yeah. Oh, that's that's plenty of differentiation. I love <laughs> it. I mean, you, you had me at uh, co-op versus uh, competitive, mm -hmm. uh, which is great. I'm, I'm loving how many co-op games there are out there now. That For wasn't sure. even a thing growing up. You know, <laughs> there's yeah. no mm -hmm. there's no such thing as a cooperative game unless you had a friend help you with 52 pickup. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> I think I think Pandemic was my first cooperative game. And I remember mm -hmm. being like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> we all win or lose together. <laughs> right. It was shocking. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, I played Pandemic probably like 30 times in a oh row my God. the first time we got it. Absolutely. I was so blown away. We had one Thanksgiving. When we when we say that uh, board games, like we're all gamers. We've we've mm -hmm. worked a lot in the video game space. We've all built careers in the video game space. But mm -hmm. when I say that we're board gamers, it really made it. We played <laughs> Pandemic Legacy from start to finish in one Thanksgiving break, including oh our entire God. family, including our like 60-year-old dad who had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> <laughs> and by the end, he was an expert, though. Right? Yeah, he was, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He loved being the medic and just like mortaring, you know, cures into people. <laughs> <laughs> now that we know what it is, how do we get our hands on it? Is it kickstarted? Is it accessible in any ways or print and play, anything mm -hmm. like that? Yes to all. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we are live on Kickstarter right now. Um, we're about 90% funded, I believe. 87. Uh, 87. <laughs> are you watching it every second and then <laughs> clicking on it? Yeah. 87.5. <laughs> it's been on there now for, I believe, about a week, and it will be yep. on for another like three weeks. 
Uh, oh, wow. So you guys are in great shape. Amazing. Yeah. 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 This, yeah. yeah this is the so point where everybody needs to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Let's do it, guys. We have some uh, <laughs> sneak peek. We just released some new uh, stretch goals as well. So you guys can uh-huh. take a look at that. Oh, very cool. You guys got a bunch of stretch goals ready to go. You have any other oh, yeah. ones in the bank just in case this thing goes nuts? Of course. Of course. Right. Of course. Yes. Love that. <laughs> Um, is there some kind of a print and play that, uh, that people can check out, like a sample of it? Or uh... mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you can find it on the Kickstarter page, um, but mm-hmm. we have a demo with two scenarios that you can play right now. Uh, print and play, Tabletop Simulator, Tabletopia, uh, they're all available, so whatever totally works best cool. for you. Yeah, I'm totally Very free. cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, yeah, maybe if you guys are, well, I don't know how it would play live, like uh, not live, but uh, I don't know how it would play online with other people. It actually plays online quite well. Uh, oh, really? One of the reasons that this became uh, the idea or I don't know, maybe just a necessity of building a board game during a pandemic mm-hmm. uh, and us being all over the country, the three of us are in di- very different locations. We mm-hmm. primarily play tested this online. So having a pretty good online experience was a big part of our process. Um, and it's even better in person, of course, but it plays quite well online, actually. That's that's really awesome, actually. I love a game that can translate like that. Yeah. Um, so it seems like, from what I understand component-wise, you probably don't have to have this shipped overseas to get it printed. Is that true, or are you guys going to ship it? Well, if you uh, back on Kickstarter at mm-hmm. I at you know either the full game or the Kickstarter exclusive levels, then yeah, you are going to get shipped a a gorgeous box of very nice pieces. Um, <laughs> you know, it was a big part of we play a lot of board games, and mm-hmm. a, a big mm-hmm. part of that experience for us is sort of the tactile nature of it, how nice everything looks, how nice everything feels. Um, so that is something we are absolutely shipping out. We are only shipping at the moment to uh, basically English speaking countries um, mm-hmm. because there basically there have been some as of July 1st, yeah. some big VAT tax law changes in Europe. Right. Yeah, that's kind of why I asked. I figured there's yeah. a lot of the shipping stuff is tough. Right now. However, mm-hmm. um, we are Secrets. working on something. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyone who is in uh, Europe or in a different uh, country, you know, Australia, not in Australia, not New Zealand, not North America, um, should check it out. Maybe do the $1 pledge, maybe do the print and play pledge. But we are working on something with our shipping partners. Like literally this stuff was all changing and getting figured out by the experts as we launched. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we think we're going to have something available before the Kickstarter closes um so keep your eye out for that if you are in one of those other countries because we would like to get you a box if we can oh that would be amazing um yeah we should play online sometime uh heck yeah that'll be cool we do a live show on thursday nights maybe we can have you on there and check it out you know we actually often do play test thursday nights so i mean i'm down to just play on your channel (laughs) that would be awesome actually um i'll uh i'll send an invite out and i'll I'll talk to the rest of the squad to see what we can do there sounds awesome Um, but yeah so that that is amazing. I'm really looking forward to checking this thing out. Uh, is there anything else you think people need to know about this game? I think, you know, something that I'd like to just say is that this is, I think everybody says this, but I say it even more emphatically. This is a project of love and passion. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, we really are, like I said, we've all built, um, we've all built careers in the video game space and that's where most of our expertise is. 
Uh, this is the first board game we've produced. I don't know why we decided to build a board game instead of just doing the thing that we knew how to do. Uh, but we have <laughs> we have learned a lot throughout the process, and we have really just poured a, a fresh perspective into the world of app-enabled games. Um, you know, we've taken the video game expertise. You know, one small example, Eli's actually doing a talk on this this weekend, mm-hmm. is uh, tutorialization. You know, in video games, people get oh, really yeah. grumpy if they have to look at instructions. <laughs> and in board games, it's almost expected to look at instructions. Mm-hmm. Um, so our app, for instance, walks you through the game. You basically don't need the rule book, although we still have a lovely rule book that we designed. Um, <laughs> of course. So it's this it's really a, a fresh perspective that I think uh, nobody could have quite created in the way that we create. I love it, guys. Uh, I cannot wait. This sounds so awesome. Um, <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure talking to everybody here. Um, Thank you for taking this little side quest with us. And um, I'm hoping to see you guys on Thursday, maybe, and also to see this game, at least the print and play version for now, and give it a shot. Absolutely. Please yeah. do. All Thank right. you for having us. Thanks no, for having thank us. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, we'll, uh, everybody out there, we will catch you on the next side quest. Bye. Bye. <laughs>